from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Diana. And I'm Eli. We are married and we like to talk. That's right. So we thought that we would talk about crazy, wild, or just plain fascinating partnerships, both historical and contemporary. So welcome to Ridiculous Romance. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show, Ridiculous Romance. A production of iHeartRadio. For our very first episode, we thought we'd talk about Louis XV and Madame de Pompadour because there's very little as ridiculous as the French court in the 1700s. That's right. This is a seriously ridiculous time. We got a little taste of it uh, on our honeymoon. We were fortunate enough to go to Paris and we went out to Versailles. Uh, It was a really exciting time. Beautiful palace. Just the most probably ridiculous place I've ever been. You know, every square inch is ornate. Portraits on portraits on portraits on portraits, all the way up to the ceiling, and everything is decorated, and it's just rich AF. And we were like, oh, no wonder the peasants got mad. 
But we're not here to talk about Louis the Fourteenth. Yes, we are here to talk about Louis the Fifteenth and his maybe great love of his life, Madame de Pompadour. So she was born in 1721. Her name was Jean Antoinette Poisson, or as we say in English, John Anthony Fish. <laughs> a beautiful name for a beautiful girl. Uh, when she was nine, <laughs> they took her to a fortune teller and they told her that she was destined to reign over the heart of a king. So basically from that day forward, she was groomed to become the mistress of the next King Louis. It's so but. weird. It's like a, it's like pageant moms, yeah. right? Like, like you're like, oh, this is, you know, you're my daughter. This is, this is for you. I'm doing this for you. I'm going to spend your whole childhood training you. To be the mistress to the king, to be the king's side piece. Mm-hmm. That's my goal for you. This was a this was a standard thing. The the mistress to the king. This was fairly typical behavior. It was almost an established role in the French monarchy. Mm-hmm. They, there was an official title, but it's like uh, like interning with a senator or something. Like right. it's a political position. Like <laughs> which. <laughs> It may be too much like Ooh. interning with us. But anyway, <laughs> but, you know, at the time for women, there wasn't a lot of avenues to power besides that one that you had to get married to have any place in society of your own. Um, so anyway, it was just a chance to kind of like elevate your family, yourself to, to a position of power. Yeah. In fact, uh, Kathleen Wellman, who is the author of a book called Queens and Mistresses of Renaissance France, she likened the role of the royal mistress to a presidential first lady in America. Hmm. The quote is that she said, think about the influence that first ladies have in shaping perceptions of presidencies. Think about all the people who had to go through Nancy Reagan to get to Ronald Reagan. This was the comparison that she drew to the royal mistress. These women hmm. were sort of the woman behind the man in the French monarchy. This was someone who had the king's ear constantly. This is someone that the king told everything to, that confided in, uh, you know, all of his secrets in. This was someone by his side who knew what was going on probably better than he did himself because yeah. she would also be mingling with the court more than he was. She was out there. She probably had uh, the most influence on the king as to almost anyone else in court. Well, it depends on the mistress sure, uh, and how they, they are. You could say, especially in Louis XV's court, because he was married to a woman who had no political ambitions of her own. Mm-hmm. So the queen wasn't jockeying with a mistress for power. Right. There was right. this mistress was like, I can really make moves here because the queen doesn't. She effectively left a vacancy. So, so, Madam, so John Anthony Fish is, uh, is being raised... And groomed into this position of royal mistress. And she, at 19, she married the nephew of her guardian. And he fell in love with her. He was totally in love with her. And she said she would only leave him for the king. Which is a, which is a great promise. I mean, like, you know, if I'm, if I'm her husband, <laughs> I, that's fine. I right, mean, just, you feel oh, pretty she'll safe. only leave me for the king. I don't have to worry about it then. What that's, are they going to meet? That'd be like if I told you, uh, I, I'll... I'll only leave you for Emily Blunt. <laughs> it's true. I would only leave you for Emily Blunt. Say, I would only leave you for Emily Blunt. That's fair. So I think neither I think, of us would feel like wronged. I think in that I'd situation. be like, yeah, sure, that makes sense. Yeah, call no. me sometimes. Right. <laughs> you can have John Krasinski. Eh. That's perfect. If you insist. <laughs> He's very funny. Yeah, he seems he's a good director. Very funny. 
So anyway, she's married, all right? They have a couple kids who died. That's very tragic and sad. Because she's married, she got to go to these political salons, and she actually started some of her own, and they were like they were like talking parties, basically. So mm-hmm. they would go and they would have debates about policies or about world affairs, or they would even read poetry or prose or like read plays to each other, or whatever. It was all very and the big names cultural. of the time were hanging out there too. You had mm-hmm. Voltaire the and Montesquieu. Mm-hmm. These were these were buddies that she got to know and she starts to sort of inject herself into high society, I think, through these salons. And because she was doing these salons, um, actually a couple of years before they met, the king actually heard her name because people were talking about, about this sharp-witted, very smart, very funny uh, woman that was running these political or that was hosting these political uh, get-togethers or whatever. So he was already kind of like, oh, who's that, you know? Uh, Who is this woman I'm hearing about? She is uh, so smart and throws the best parties. Uh, Oh, she is friends with Voltaire? Mm. My, my, my. (laughs) I'm sure that's exactly what he said. That's an actual recording. That was me just playing a recording just now of Louis XV. I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah, a rare uh, tryptograph. (laughs) Is that a word? Triptograph. I don't know. Feels like a not a recording. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So let's go and start over with Louis the Fifteenth and see where mm-hmm. he came from. Yeah. Louis the Fifteenth, or Louis de France, who was born in seventeen ten. He was the youngest of three brothers, all named Louis. It must have been difficult when it was dinner time. <laughs> Louis, come on down. Or I guess that makes it easier. I guess you'll so. have to say yeah, one name. All, all the kids come. Smart. Thinking ahead, Mrs. De France. <laughs> Uh, so his older two brothers died. Louis's great grandfather was Louis the Fourteenth, but Louis's grandfather, his son, died. Louis's father died, and his two older brothers died, putting him in the position of first in line for the throne, which nobody expected. Mm-mm. Least of all him, partly because he was five years old when he was crowned king. What a responsibility! This is the only life he ever knew. So Louis married a woman named Marie Leszczynska. She was a Polish princess, and she was a quiet woman. The mm-hmm. official Chateau Versailles website has a whole story about her, and it's a lot. But uh, basically, in summary, Louis was first engaged to the Infanta of Spain, but she was determined to be too young to have children. This is something they really wanted to happen. Yeah, because Louis was was kind of sickly, so they were worried about the succession. They wanted an heir. He hit puberty at 15, so they were like, all right, it's time for you to like get it on she has not hit puberty so moving on from her here's a whole list and they had like all of these women they were considering but they basically went with marie lesizinska because she hit the three big check marks she was healthy ding. she was catholic ding and she was old enough to have kids ding 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 so they really wanted to get her paired up with him so they painted a portrait of her in such a way that it resembled Louis's favorite portrait of his own mother. And that was it. He was sold. He saw it and said, This is the most beautiful woman I have ever seen. That's a lot to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> but we won't we won't we won't get into that. We don't need to get into that. We don't need to get that. But they actually did fall in love at first sight when they finally did meet. Uh, It was a beautiful moment. He was faithful to her for the first eight years of their marriage. Uh, Yeah, and apparently he was really flattered because she was seven years older than him. So he was kind of like, oh, an older woman. You know, like he thought it was kind of hot. Oh, yeah. Even though she was famously not hot. He's 15. She's 22. I mean, when I was 15, if a 22-year-old 
showed any interest in me. I don't care. I'm in love for the rest of my life. (laughs) That is locked in. That is permanently imprinted in my brain. This is sort of problematic, though. Is it? Now it is. Well, I'm just saying. 15. Oh, no. Yeah. The relationship itself is problematic. But him being obsessed with the idea of oh, an older yeah, no, woman. Oh, yeah. No, that makes sense. Leaving a, an imprint. I mean, that's why it's problematic now. Because you have such an impression over a younger person. Mm, that's true. When you're 22, you mm-hmm. know. So this poor boy. This poor king of France. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he didn't have a chance. Right. But the thing with Marie Lysizinska, she was, like I said, a very quiet woman. She had a little anxiety around the king. I don't think she ever really felt comfortable near him. She never really felt like she could flirt with him or keep him entertained. He was a real restless guy, too. She uh, she had a hard time keeping him engaged. Yeah, she couldn't entertain him. She wasn't, like I guess, like a sparkly personality or whatever. She, she had 10 children for him. So she was probably constantly pregnant or mm-hmm. tired from being pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess she just didn't have any game. You know what I mean? There's this story in this book from 1927 that's called Princesses, Ladies, and Salonniers that apparently, like, he was bored one day and all she could think of for him to do was kill some flies on a window pane. Oh, uh, I'm so bored, Marie. What should I do today? Oh, uh, you could... Um... Kill these flies. Come on, Molly. So Louis is bored and he goes to his people, his advisors, and he says, hey, um, excuse me. He says, hey, what if we bring back this old uh, royal mistress position? Yes, we we sound good. And they were basically like, sure, but she cannot be political at all. Right. They're very nervous about the... I don't the know end. how my accent was there, but... It was great. It was great. I feel like I'm back in France. <laughs> Uh-oh. So they're... they're But they're nervous. They are nervous about someone coming in and trying to be ambitious and take power. And I mean, we know how it is. Mm-hmm. We've seen these royal mistresses come in before, and it's... A, it's Who wouldn't want that position, right? So they try to kind of play the game a little bit. They're like, yes, here's a great lady. You should meet Louise Julie... De Mailly in 1733. This was his first mistress. Yeah, she had no ambitions at all. She was not interested in political power whatsoever. Mm-hmm. She was, by all reports, pretty in love with Louis. So she was just kind of like, he can lead me wherever he wants me to go. I'm into it. So mm-hmm. she was just really malleable, I guess. Mm-hmm. So she was acceptable to all his advisors and, I, you know, probably pretty good looking. I guess the whole family was good looking because he ends up sleeping with all three of her sisters. So <laughs> they um, had a certain je ne sais quoi. Louis said ce quoi. That's not going to work. No. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Uh, we're going to take a break and try to recover from that. And we will be back après ça. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey. 
right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back. Bienvenue. I hope that was a refreshing ad break. That was was nice French. Thank you. Merci. Oh. Oh. De rien. I took four years, so I know four words. So Louis XV, in 1737, his wife, Marie Lesuzinska, was told by her doctors that another pregnancy could kill her. She'd had 10 kids. Seven of them survived. So they stopped sleeping together, which, you know, is a, is a pretty acceptable reason, I think. The number one reason. Apparently he got really offended by it, though. Which is ridiculous, because it's not like, I've got a headache tonight. I've got a headache, you know, night after night after night. Right. It's... If we sleep together, if I get pregnant, and which I very easily could, it could kill me. Yeah. That's like, that's okay. That's a good... Pretty good excuse. Yeah. So anyway, birth control saves lives yeah. is what we're here to say. Or just, you about know... About that. There's other things you can do. That's true. That they don't lead to pregnancy. A little something. So Louis got his first mistress and is working his way through these sisters when in 1744... Our stories finally merge. Madame de Pompadour and Louis XV finally meet. And this is what, of course, Madame Pompadour has been literally training for her whole life. Yeah. Since she was was nine years old. This is the moment. I think she totally planned every moment of this for years. Like, 
this meet cute was 100% staged. <laughs> it's so amazing. <laughs> In 1744, King Louis XV is going on a hunt, like kings do. This is probably a multi-day hunt. They all gather, they get their horses and their dogs and their French horns, and they ride out into the woods to bring back some deer, foxes, whatever they find. So, yeah, there's a book called The Hunt by Rosamond Hooper Hammersley that, that describes their meeting. So basically, she lived in a manor nearby where the king was going to be doing his hunting um, with her husband, by the way, P.S., still married. And she totally orchestrated this meeting. She really wanted him to see her. So she drove directly in front of his path once in a pink phaeton, which is like a fancy carriage, wearing a blue dress. And then again in a blue phaeton wearing a pink dress. And this is just baller. So extra. Incredible. I'm picturing her going to the carriage painters. Of course. With both her dresses, right? She's got them on a hanger in a, in a clear plastic bag. Mm -hmm. And she holds them up and she says, one of these carriages matches this dress. Mm -hmm. One of these carriages matches this dress. I want the color matcher from Lowe's so that when I Perfect. flip him, uh -huh. it blows his mind. Oof. I believe it. I mean, he's a board king. Right. It's 1744. So I feel like... A color swap is enough to grab anybody's attention. I mean, that's pretty entertaining. You oh, have yeah. to. I would be entertained by that now. If you were like, "Oh, <laughs> hey, I'm driving by in a blue Subaru, <laughs> wearing a pink, <laughs> wearing a pink shirt." Don't don't go try and seduce the king in a Subaru. <laughs> that's true. Her Phaeton probably was a fancy one, right? Like a Lamborghini of its time. Yeah, like a Lamborghini yeah, totally. Phaeton. Totally. <laughs> so anyway, he did totally notice her. This absolutely worked. And he sent her some venison as a gift. What a romantic gesture. Oh, my God. It's really Beautiful. just like, because it, it throws back to how they met, you know, like, oh, I was on the, hunt. the hunt. You rode by me in a carriage, so I sent you this box of raw meat. Of what I killed it's gotta be today. A, it's got to be like a heart-shaped box, right? <laughs> yeah, but instead of chocolate. <laughs> it's just Feast. meat. Bloody. It's a bloody deer steak. In the, cut into the shape of a heart so it fits in the box oh, really well that's nice or i was picturing like heart. different little morsels like a truffle thing but they're all just oh, bloody morsels that's really disgusting yeah yeah, yeah. either way <laughs> great job louis <laughs> it worked how creative it worked she was uh she was stricken um <laughs> now at the time though king louis did have another mistress this was one of the four sisters marie and the maille our our French listeners can call in tomorrow <laughs> and scream at me for that pronunciation. I did take five years, six years of French. It was just 15 years ago. I took four years, but I don't remember merit about it. <laughs> Terrible. So in court, she was known as Madame Chateauroux, which, uh, what a nickname. Oh, <laughs> that's Mrs. Redhouse. Maybe it's like, oh, she's a red yeah so when she died in 1744 that's kind of when the position of official mistress was open again and this is when pompadour was able to really make her move which brings us to this week's side piece <laughs> 
side piece is our opportunity to kind of talk about a character that pops up in the story that really doesn't like have much to do with the romance necessarily, but we just found them fascinating for whatever reason. And this time it's Madame Chateauroux because first of all, she's already the youngest of these five sisters that Louis is working his way through one by one. And she was the only one who didn't really want to be his mistress. So they had to go to some lengths to get her. She was already seeing this like young duke and she was into him and she's like, no, I'm good. But the king's advisor, the Duc de Richelieu, really wanted him to actually have a more ambitious, a more political, a more manipulative mistress so that he could push his own agenda. So he tried everything to get her away from this duke. He like sent him to the front lines of battle. That didn't work. He lived. So then he hired a woman to go seduce him. That did work. And it made her real jealous. So she was like, okay, fine. I'll be the king's mistress. But only if he gives me a house, a car, my own bank account. And a Balenciaga bag. I mean, basically. (laughs) She set conditions. She set conditions. And she actually didn't sleep with him for the first couple months. So he was just like following her around. He was like begging her for her time. So she was just. a power move. Oh, she was playing him hot and cold. Yeah. But she was actually more personally ambitious than politically ambitious. So she didn't actually do much, I think, for Richelieu. (laughs) No. And she made a bunch of enemies in court. She did. She was, because she was so focused on herself, it seems, that um, she wasn't making friends. She wasn't there to make friends right she was there to get what she wanted for her she was looking out for number one she had so many enemies that when she died she was convinced that she'd been poisoned because she like fell down with like cramps and she was so sure that someone had poisoned her that's right she was very sick very suddenly Mm -hmm. and died pretty quickly and she died uh having been convinced it was someone at court that poisoned her most historians now say that that she just got sick she had a lot of other symptoms that fell in line with illnesses of the day but it's a little weird that she died after the hunt, mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. Jean-Antoinette Fish, mm-hmm. Jean-Antoinette Poisson, uh, made her presence known. Mm. I want to pull into Speculation Station because I think that pageant mom, Mrs. Fish, 100% poisoned her. 100%. Mrs. Fish. You know, this woman spent her whole life mm-hmm. grooming her daughter, yeah. and then she gets there, finally gets to meet him. And there's this other woman in the way. In the way. She had to go. She's got to go. She's got I'm to go. I'm going to push that bitch down the stairs. Damn. Like in striptease. <laughs> or, 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 I forgot again. What's her name from Game of Thrones? Um, Tyrell. Ty- Tyrell. I want him to know it was me. <laughs> anyway, that's what I think. That's, that's our speculation. Theory. Hopefully the Poisson estate doesn't come after us. <laughs> Okay, so pulling out of speculation station, it's 1744, King Louis XV's mistress has just died. She was the last of all the sisters, so there's nobody left in that family. (laughs) He's got to find somebody new. So what does he do? He throws a party uh, to celebrate his son's marriage. But Mm -mm. the poor son thinks that's what the party is for, but it's really about finding Louis a new side piece. So it's like a, a newly divorced dad throwing a birthday party for his kid, but he just wants to meet he, all the moms. He invites all the moms from the playground. <laughs> all the single moms. Hey, hey, invite all your little friends and, you know, their moms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys go play on the trampoline. I'm going to talk to the moms. So what Louis does is this party. Big party. It's a masquerade ball, right? Yeah, it's costume party. It's a costume party. And so the plan is, Louis says, uh, me and my eight bros are all going to dress up as yew trees, Y-E-W, 
and they are in these elaborate you costumes there's some drawings uh from the time and they are like full-on roots and branches straight up groots walking seriously around this party it looks Eight like groots groots walking around this party they come out with masks on and the idea of course is that this way louis can flirt and no one's going to know who he is and he can really get a real personality out of these women and pick someone he really likes right. but of course everybody knows what's going on all these ladies came with the intention of meeting the king and being the mistress so they go to these trees and they all just start laying it on thick i'm gonna assume this tree is the king and i'm gonna climb it <laughs> get in them branches like a tree. build a swing <laughs> and enjoy myself why don't you and me leaf together Oof. Oof. Oh, I'm sorry, but you're barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> Louis knows what he's doing. You see Jean-Antoinette Poisson. He walks right up to her. He takes his mask off. She's dressed like Diana of the Hunt, the goddess. Um, so cute. It's a little throwback to their cause, hunt. Because of the hunt. hunt. The hunt is like their little They're thing. They're little meat cute. A little meat, M-E-A-T cute. Oh, meat God. cute. <laughs> it was a meat Because <laughs> of the venison. And then he sent her some really cute meat. Aww, in that heart box. In the heart box. See, it is romantic. It's ridiculous. It's basically a Hallmark movie. So he sees her and he rips his mask off and he declares his affection for her at the party. And uh, this kicks off their Life their achievement. Yeah. Both of them just find what they want right then and there. Mm-hmm. A little tragic. Mrs. Fish, our pageant mom, who definitely, probably, definitely killed <laughs> Madame Chateauroux. <laughs> And did everything to groom her daughter to be this mistress. She tragically died before she got to see Jean Antoinette take her place in the court. So she didn't actually get to see, but she knew it was going to happen. So she probably died happy. She knew. Yeah. She's burning in hell right now smiling. (laughs) Because she's a murderer. (laughs) Multiple times. She's definitely a serial murderer. Probably, definitely, probably definitely killed every single person she had to anyone who got in her way yes so she was officially mistress in 1745 Mm -hmm. came with a title marquise and uh and her court name became madame pompadour you got your own name in court once you once you became a thing you know right there was well that was your noble title that you had to be given in order to be introduced at court yeah so you had he had to buy her like a the marquise of pompadour so they meet, they hit it off. The thing is, they get along really well together. Madame Pompadour was sort of the antithesis of his wife, Marie. She was very good at entertaining. Uh, she was very outgoing and fun and flirty. She had spent all these years learning how to throw parties. And now that was her favorite thing. And she was so good at it. Everybody loved her parties. She would throw hunts for him because it was their thing. Doing a hunt. so cute. Oh, oh you know, anytime things got rocky, it was like, oh, let's go on a hunt again, you know, and then it's, you know, like it's the like, music would swell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like, let's do that. Bring back the magic by yeah. murdering a deer. So the other thing was that Madame Pompadour was also the only person that Louis really trusted to tell him the truth, to be honest with him. She was a straight shooter, you know. Everybody else in court, they're talking to the king. So they're going to talk to him like he's the king. They're going to tell him what they think the king wants to hear. So he's not really getting it straight from anybody. And she provides that for him. She's just an honest friend. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really what he needed. And they connected really well 
on on pretty much every level. Yeah, and she got pretty influential. People started to come to her. She was telling him not what to do, I guess, but she was certainly pushing him, you know, in directions that she liked. So like in 1749, they had this tax that was created to finance the war, basically on the backs of all the poor people. And she helped push to replace it with a tax that taxed everyone, including all the rich people and noblemen and everyone in the court, basically. And they hated it. They did not. (laughs) They did not like that. But you know what? Sorry. Yeah, she was like the Elizabeth Warren (laughs) of her time coming in and saying, you're your 50 millionth and first franc is all coming back to us. We're taking it. We're taking it. Sorry, 1%. Mm-hmm. On. On. Percent. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, France. You guys are <laughs> we great. We really like you. We really like France. <laughs> so uh, so that really, uh, it, it really just showed the sort of influence that she had and that the people liked her. She even made friends with the queen So the queen didn't like his mistresses, and she had not gotten along at all with Madame Chateauroux Mm -hmm. because she thought she was really haughty. But she made an effort to be really respectful to the queen, Mm -hmm. and like she just tried not to make her life hard, I think, which makes sense to me. Madame Pompadour comes in and says, I'm not doing this anti-feminist bullshit where women just have to hate each other because there's some man in between them. Like, we can get along. Mm -hmm. We We can just be friends. Because mm-hmm. we're not competing women, even though we're literally splitting our time <laughs> between the same man. But it was different. <laughs> it was arranged. Everybody was cool with it. Eh. I mean... <laughs> cool enough. Cool enough. They didn't change it for a long time, so it must have been cool <laughs> enough. So I guess it was a good thing that they were such good friends, because in 1750... Their sexual relationship ended. She stopped having sex with the king. They just became friends and she was still a trusted advisor. And apparently there's like sort of a myth that she went and found her own replacement so that she wouldn't have to have sex with him anymore. But apparently there's that's not that's not actually true. She there was like a house that he would meet women in. (laughs) It's called the stag house. (laughs) Oh, yeah. At Versailles, right? Yeah. 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 Again, a hunting reference again, I Mm -hmm. guess. Um, but she never, she didn't really care about that at all because she was like, I'm still in this position. I still have my power. Everything is chill. Yeah, she actually described herself as having a cold temperament, by which she meant that she just kind of didn't have a libido. Mm-hmm. She, Maybe a little ace. Yeah. And um, she would go to doctors over these these five years that they were having sex that talk about remedies. And they they would they gave her all these ridiculous remedies. Truffles. Uh, vanilla extract oh. and celery because you know oh there's nothing like celery oh nothing makes me hornier than chewing on water mm-hmm. just, just mm, crunchy stringy like when it gets stuck in your teeth and you pull it out like floss oh, stop the podcast all this celery tugs really yeah, we're gonna get me going we're gonna be right back <laughs> You know, you, you know, you need a fan in here. My God. You know, you burn more calories eating celery than you get from eating it. Have ah. some mercy on the listeners. Sorry, listeners. People are running their cars off the road. <laughs> yeah, I would be too. <laughs> to change the channel. Uh-huh. But please don't change the channel, and we will be right back and celery free right after this.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, and we are back. And like Madame Pompadour and King Louis, we have cooled off all the way off. (laughs) Even though they're not sleeping together because I guess the celery didn't work. But she still is his closest confidant in, in, in the court. She still has an official position. She still has a lot of power. She's kind of like a prime minister sort of mm. uh, level mm-hmm. of power. She helps the Treaty of Versailles get going in 1756, which is going to uh, align France with Austria and Russia against Britain and Prussia, and this is going to start the Seven Years' War, which is nothing but bad news for the French. It's seven really bad years. They lose. They lose all their colonies in the in the New mm-hmm. World. They, the Louisiana Territory, gone. Canadian land, gone. Uh, I think a little chunk of Florida, gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, And also during that time, uh, someone tried to kill Louis with a knife. 
1757, an assassin attempted to stab Louis the Fifteenth. Uh, didn't work. Louis made it through. He was just fine. The assassin wasn't. This poor guy. I mean, you know, he was an attempted murderer, but still drawn and quartered and then his body burned i mean this is overkill wait why do you need it's like shooting like a dead deer i don't i don't understand why would you need to burn it awful humans not only is this assassin drawn quartered and burned but his father his wife and his daughter were all banished from france and his brothers and sisters all had to change their name (laughs) Uh, so Louis is very depressed after this assassination attempt and things are really bad in France. Everybody's poor. Everybody's broke. Things are going bad. They don't like him. He's totally deteriorating the reputation of the crown among the French people, which if you know anything about French history, about one Louis later, (laughs) things get pretty bad. Pretty hardcore. Right. And his relationships, not, not only his relationship with Pompadour, although it was probably the most important because she was the most influential, but also his other mistresses and everything, the, the, all the sisters, is <laughs> just kind of crumbling the public perception and the, even the court's trust and, and loyalty to the crown. And, so, and also the policies, everything he was trying to do to get the monarchy to be an absolute monarchy and stop having a parliament being in, in charge of things. Mm-hmm. Um, all that just kind of worked in concert. So his his relationships really made a huge difference to how his life turned out. And that's the whole point. And and, and the world, because we you know we could go into French history uh, as a whole other uh, I mean. series, multiple episodes of a podcast. But um, but really focusing on the relationships, it's ridiculous because it's silly. This idea of mistresses, it's ridiculous of the royal mistress position, mm-hmm. uh, the royal mistress position. That's in the Kama Sutra, That's a, right? Yeah, it's got to be. It's probably pretty hot. The royal mistress. The ro- the- I don't know. It sounds like great for one person. And what's the royal mistress position? Hmm. It's probably pretty vanilla. Because of the libido thing. Celery. <laughs> it's the, it's, the girl is eating celery mm-hmm. and ignoring the man. <laughs> That's the royal mistress position. While, while he deteriorates his relationship with his people. Yes, well, he slowly shreds a paper crown. It's hot. Looking at how the royal mistress position and his relationships and his public persona, how they perceived him due to his relationships, really shaped, you know, the future of France. They found him to be very indecisive because she could pull him in one direction while his the rest of his court or the rest of his family was trying to pull him in another. So he was slow to make decisions. Mm hmm. Things are tough during the war years, but uh, but Pomodoro is, is working to at least try and create some jobs in the area. She influenced the art world uh, considerably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she um, I mean, she herself was an artist. She did a lot of engravings, and she stimulated innovation in the Rococo art style. Mm-hmm. And in uh, 1759, she actually had built and then later bought... The Sèvres Porcelain Factory, which became the most famous porcelain factory in the world. And so, like you said, it created a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. And it was in Sèvres, France. So I think it's like a champagne thing where it has to, like, if it doesn't come from Sèvres, it doesn't count. Yeah, this is like Sèvres Porcelain is its own thing. Mm -hmm. So like, oh, you know, it. It's not Sèvres porcelain if it doesn't come from the Sèvres region of France. Yeah, it's just sparkling ceramic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
but yeah, so she did a lot of cool art stuff, and that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, less cool political things, uh, like the suppression of the Jesuits, kind of a serious part of the crumbling of the the perception of mm-hmm. the public mm-hmm. and uh, the weakening of the church and so on and so forth. So, But they, they do manage to get the Treaty of Paris going in 1763 to end the Seven Years' War. She was a big supporter of that. Obviously had the king's ear on that one and uh, and was able to bring that war to an end finally. Obviously, they lost a lot in the process. But she also had supported ministers that put in some really important fiscal reforms that did make France the richest nation in the world. So kind of a mixed bag, I guess, mm-hmm. of a legacy. And sadly... Just the year after the Treaty of Paris and the Seven Years' War ended, uh, sadly, Madame Pompadour died of tuberculosis. And obviously, Louis is devastated. Uh, he's really slips into a depression at this point. He's just listening to the Smiths and the Cure and just having a real bummer of a time. <laughs> yeah, it's his emo period. Mm-hmm. Bangs, eyeliner. Eyeliner, yeah. <laughs> eyeliner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he continues to erode the public's perception of his reign, especially, and he died in 1774, pretty pretty unliked by his people, and generally setting the stage for, for the French Revolution, because Louis XVI, of course, didn't come in and fix everything. Mm. He made it way worse. He made it way worse. But that's for another day, and yeah. another ridiculous romance. Mm-hmm. We We talked a bit about... The legacy, I guess, but mm-hmm. you know, if we, if we went, if we did a little montage afterwards, a little like you know, smudge lens, soft mm-hmm. focus montage of all their ridiculous moments. Yeah, you know, they're they're she's riding by in this carriage. She's getting the box of meat. Of meat. He's he's in the yew tree costume. Uh huh. She's swinging on his branches. Yeah, she's she's climbing him. Uh huh. She's cutting him down. She's munching on some celery. Oh. Just in the sexiest way possible. Mm-hmm. Possible. <laughs> is there an unsexy way to eat celery? If there is, I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode. Yes, thank you for tuning in. We're so, so excited to be doing this with you mm-hmm. and your beautiful ears, mm-hmm. listening to our every word. It's Can a dream come true. Let that sound pour in through your beautiful ears and then use your beautiful fingertips to send us an email if you've got any feedback or thoughts, suggestions, or you just want to compliment how pretty we are in terms of our voices. We do love compliments. And you can reach out to us at romance at iheartradio.com. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Diana Might Boom. Right. And I'm at Oh Great, It's Eli. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review, follow us, give us five stars, you know, help us keep this ridiculous thing going. Special thanks this week to everyone who helped us get this show off the ground. That's the OGs, Ben Bolin and Noel Brown and the whole ridiculous team at iHeartRadio. Also to John Rigney, Brian and Mariel Gomez-Bauer and Cherry Del Rosario and Jason Mallory. All right. Thanks again. Until next time. We We love love you. you. I don't know if that's going (laughs) to stick. I hate it. So long, friends. It's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.